0: How to counsel the dying on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I have with me Pastor Tim Pasma. He's ministered at LaRue Baptist Church in LaRue, Ohio since the spring of 1985 uh, he's married to rebecca and god has blessed them with three sons and three daughters three daughters-in-law a son-in-law and 14 active grandchildren pastor tim earned a ba in, from cedarville university in 1977 and the MDiv from grace theological seminary in 1981 he serves as an acbc fellow and is on acbc's board of trustees he lectures frequently on counseling issues at counseling conferences and for a number of Christian organizations. Tim, I'm so grateful that you're here. It's great to be here, Tim. And it's always fun. I, I love uh, being around Tim Pasma, such an encouragement to me. And um, you know, to see the faithfulness of the Lord in your life, to be in LaRue, Ohio for, for this many years, pastoring, faithfully shepherding. But we're going to talk about a very serious issue even today one that's very difficult to think about, difficult to even minister in moments like this when we talk about those who are who are dying. We know it's reality. Uh, we know it's coming. The, the Bible tells us that it's true. Our experience tells us that these things are true. But sometimes still, Tim, we have hesitations about this, especially when we're engaging. I, I, I teach pastors and so guys who are preparing for ministry, this is one of the most frightful things that they have to deal with, hesitations about. Going into a hospital room when when they know someone is dying or even even ministering at funerals, there's a hesitation, there's a fear that's there. Talk about some of these hesitations for us as we engage in counseling those who are dying.
1: Well, you know, people are just <laughs> they're afraid of the subject. They don't want to say anything. You're you're talking to someone who's dying yeah. and you don't you don't want to talk about death, right? You just let's talk about the birds that are in the feeder outside or wind uh, her window or or how the grandkids are doing and we're just there's something about death that makes people just I don't want to talk about this and, and the world of course according to the bible is uh, uh, is enslaved to the fear of death mm-hmm. right uh, hebrews chapter 2 verse 15 and so that's that's not just the people who are dying but the people who aren't who are well and someone in their family's dying they just don't know what to do with it they're just scared of it they don't know what to say for one thing Mm -hmm. what do i say right and so we just talk about the inane things that are going on Mm -hmm. rather than what's really happening
0: yeah i I think that that captures most of it where we're maybe even afraid to say the wrong thing because we don't know what to say and sometimes in moments like that to be quite honest uh, i've made this mistake where we say things that that Demonstrate that we're nervous—that might not even be untrue. Uh, we might ask a question, you know, like we're accustomed to. How are you guys doing? Well, obviously, yeah. we're not well, right? And yeah. so, yeah. you know, we're afraid to make mistakes like that. Instead of embracing a moment of weakness and with courage engaging that moment, and I think over my ministry, that's something I've I've learned to do. But I've had to I've had to struggle through some of that fear for sure. Now we have an obligation, I think, to engage especially at these moments where people are about to cross into eternity. Talk about, biblically, our obligation to engage people who are at this precipice of, of life.
1: You know, um, a verse that, has, that I've kind of adopted as a ministry verse is Colossians chapter 1, verse 28, where Paul says, Him that is Jesus, we proclaim warning, counseling, if you will, Counseling everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present to everyone mature in Christ. And so my view of my ministry is I minister the word publicly and privately for the purpose of producing mature people who can give a good account of themselves to Jesus when they stand before him. And so until that person dies, I have an obligation to prepare him for that. My I want to prepare everybody for that. I I want to help that person. Frankly, at this stage, I want to help them die well, Mm -hmm. okay? When we talk about the obligation, you know, we're here, we're actually talking about counseling here, and this is what I really want to communicate. You got to grasp the fact that you're doing normal counseling Mm -hmm. in extraordinary circumstances. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is something like this. What's the goal of counseling? Mm -hmm. The goal of counseling is the glory of God. Mm -hmm. And so you have the apostle Paul saying in Philippians 1 20, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Well, I really want to help them Mm -hmm. to exalt Christ in their death. That to me is a, is a, a powerful verse to some, for someone who is, is dying. And that is, look, You know, I'm not going to say this out loud, but what I have to have in my mind for my life and for the life of this one who's dying is, you know what? We are not the central characters in our story. You're not even, this person is not even the central character in his death. Mm -hmm. Jesus is. Now that seems radical, but again, you know, the gospel is radical. You want to die in such a way that people will see Jesus. That's what the Apostle Paul wanted. Tim, I love the way you just described that is sometimes in
0: extraordinary circumstances, we think there has to be a radically different way to approach this. But what you're doing is you're helping us to see that we're going to take ordinary counseling principles, ordinary goals that we have that, that remain regardless of the circumstances, and we're going to be able to implement those in this difficult circumstance. And we're going to do it in a way that's applicable and appropriate the way God gives us in the scripture, because the circumstances are certainly different. So we're not coming up with some new method or anything like that. We're, we're going to stick to the scriptures. But now let's get a little bit more practical. Because, you know, we, we all know that we're dying. The Bible tells us, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, that our bodies are decaying. Don't we love that and claim that verse, right? Yeah. But the idea is, is true. But it, there's something about it when when you might hear for yourself that there's nothing more we can do. We're sending you home, and the best advice we have is we're going to order hospice care, and you know death is imminent, and now you've been called maybe as the biblical counselor, as the pastor to come and, and to minister, and that situation is, is quite different. What, what do you say in moments
1: like that? Okay. Um, again, normal counseling, extraordinary circumstances. You know what? This is going to sound awful, but you got to gather data. Okay, now, uh, I'm not going to hand Marion, mm-hmm. who's whose death is imminent. I'm not going to hand her a PDI, but what do I want to know? I want to know things like this. What does she think of her death? Mm-hmm. What troubles her at the end of her life? Does she view her life with regrets? Is she anxious or angry about anything? Yeah. I mean, I can ask those kinds of questions in a very pastoral way. I'm, I'm not, you know, sitting there with a pad like I do in counseling, but I am trying to figure out where she is. Mm-hmm and and if i'm going to minister to her at this point of her life the the point where her days are waning and she's going to die i want to know those things so i can minister to her what she needs to know at this point in her life i'm going to minister the promises of the gospel i mean that's really important i know even okay for even my life i'm 67 years old so i'm at the point where i'm looking back and one of the things that strikes me as i look back i'm filled with regrets you know and and someone who's dying is looking at their life and saying, My life isn't worthy of glory. And and the point is, well, you're right, but you got a great savior. And so we've the things that we take for granted, yes, I'm made right right with God through Jesus. Man, you gotta really emphasize that at this point, because at this point people are really thinking about their lives and they have to understand that Jesus is a complete savior. Yeah, that makes me think of Romans
0: five one. Uh, When we confess by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we are at peace with God, and we're reminding people of that. I I remember C.S. Lewis said it like this, it's not a moral teacher who gives us a new moral code that's the great teacher, it's the one who reminds us of the old, and and really at that moment we need reminding of these truths that the writer of Hebrews in in Hebrews 6.19 says, these confessions are an anchor of our soul. Yeah. The tempest of life is is swelling and it's difficult. It's blowing hard at, at this moment of imminent death. You're contemplating things that maybe you've never given yourself permission to contemplate. And we have to remind ourselves of these truths that are that are anchors to us. Now, let me flip the scenario a little bit because um, we a person may have a little bit more time. So we talked about imminent death. Someone is given maybe days, weeks, a month to live or so. They're on hospice care, but now let's turn to someone who has just been given a diagnosis. Either that phone call or that hosp- that doctor visit that that everybody fears is we don't know what else to do. We can put you on chemo; it might extend your life a little bit, but we're not sure what else we can do. There's not much else that we can do that we know of, and so. You know, death is approaching. It's coming. It's more real to you. It might be six, eight months, a year out, but but you know that there's a there's an endpoint. It becomes real to you.
1: Yeah. How do you talk to somebody like that? Again, um, I don't want to I don't want to forget what I what I just said. I want to be gathering data. I want to be giving hope. I want to be doing those things. But with someone like this, here's something I need to realize, and that is. The nagging reality of death's approach is hanging over everything that he does now. He's eating lunch with his wife. He wants to go work in his workshop, woodwork in his workshop. And, and, and there's this, for him, there's this, yeah, I'm not going to be able to enjoy my wife much longer. I'm, I'm enjoying working with my with my hands. But you know what? That's going to end soon. So for someone like that, there's there's the shadow of that hanging over everything. And again, you want to minister the promises of the gospel. You want to you don't want to ignore the obvious. You need to talk about his impending death, but in light of the gospel, you need to understand what are his thoughts and his attitudes and his speech, all those sorts of things. But with someone like this, I want them to understand that the call to discipleship still remains for them. And what's fascinating here, this is what this is what is again shows me the wonderful sufficiency of the Word of God. You go to Second Corinthians. I'm sorry, Second Timothy, chapter four, mm-hmm. and you see the reflections of a man who is facing certain death just around the corner for him. Mm-hmm. Unlike Philippians 1:20, where he might die, in Second Timothy 4, Paul is going to die. He's in that situation, and it, it's just amazing. So, what does he do? He says, "Well, I got to continue to minister." And so he says, uh, get Mark. Uh, Luke's with me, but get Mark, because he's very useful to me for ministry. Well, yeah, I got I got work to do before they chop off my head. Yeah. So I need some help with that, right? That's incredible. Mm-hmm. He still has time to grow spiritually. He says, I still want to grow spiritually. So what does he say? He says to Timothy, when you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and also the books and above all the parchments. Mm-hmm. Death is around the corner, and he still wants to do reading and writing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing, and 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 they still have an opportunity to grow. Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen. You know what I say? I've said this. Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen can be great life verses for people that are facing certain death. You know where the Apostle Paul says, "We don't lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away; our inner self is being renewed day by day." He says, "For a light and momentary affliction is working for us an eternal way to glory." As I think about the things that are eternal, and so. Here's someone who still can be renewed, right? And and hope is there. There are so many things that you see with the Apostle Paul. And one of the things that really stands out for me is the point where he says, for I am already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. What is amazing about that statement is he's saying, when my blood splashes on the floor— that's like the wine of a drink offering being splashed. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, my death is going to be my last act of worship. Mm -hmm. Those are the sorts of things I want to communicate to to my friend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because now that radically changes everything where Psalm 90
0: becomes real. They're learning to number their days. Uh, they're, They're seeing the ways in which they invest in time here on earth but with an eternal cause. They're changing their mind, Colossians 3, to truly set their mind on things above, and that changes the way that we live where faith now becomes something that's tangible in the ways in which they spend their days. Things become more valuable with how they invest their time, and it does change perspective. And as you mentioned earlier, uh, learning to die well, they really become a testimony to other believers on how to do
1: that with peace. Yeah, and you know, when I, I look at that, that's what really strikes me is the fact that when the Apostle Paul says, I want to exalt Christ, whether by life or by death, he's saying things like, you know what? If the emperor lets me go, I want people to see Jesus. If the emperor condemns me, I want people to say he walked to his execution. He went through it. As if it looked like Jesus, right? And so th- this gives purpose purpose to the person who's dying when you say, you can die for the glory of God. You can die in such a way that people will see Jesus. Man, that, and that's going to resonate with a believer. That's going to say, yeah, there's a real purpose in my dying now, right? And, and for a believer, that's going to resonate with them and, and help them say, yes, there's a great purpose now. I want them to see my devotion to my Father. I want them to see the Lord Jesus in my demeanor. I'm going, I want to die in such a way that people will see God and see the Lord Jesus. Paul's statement, whether by life or by death. And Tim, I'm going to
0: remember something that you said. I hope our listeners do as well, that death becomes our final act of worship to the Lord. That changes everything when we think about glorifying the Lord, even in this act of death. that that the Lord is bringing us to, because he does, he numbers our days and we can worship him in that. Brother, this has been a helpful conversation. Thanks so much for helping to squelch our fears, root our faith and
1: hope in the gospel and teach us to minister to those who are, who are dying. This was really, as I thought through these things, it was very helpful for me. I am so, again, I am so thankful for the scriptures that are full of, of truth for every situation. Amen to that. So grateful for this. I want to mention to
0: you, Tim has written a little booklet on this subject, How to Counsel the Dying. I'm going to tell you more about that as well. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. You know what, if you enjoyed today, Tim wrote a wonderful booklet in our Biblical Solutions series on this issue, Counsel the Dying. And I want to encourage you to go pick that up. And as always, you can find that at biblicalcounseling.com. I also want to mention to you something that's happening this week, colloquium. We do this every year with a group of leaders in the biblical counseling movement. We want to tackle some of the topics that are considered to be difficult fault lines, even within the the counseling world, particularly in the biblical counseling movement. And this year will be no different. Uh, We're looking at common grace and the sufficiency of Scripture. And that will happen July 27 and twenty. Uh, We will be on the campus at the Masters University. We're excited about that. The essays that will be presented, as always, will come out in a new edition of the Journal of Biblical Soul Care in the spring of 2024. And, And those are typically a little bit more academic essays. And we have several volumes of those, again, that you can also find at our website. And I want to encourage you to stay up on some of the issues that are sort of at the, the the edge of the spear, if you will, on some of the problems that we're facing within the whole counseling world, particularly in the biblical counseling movement. And I think you'll enjoy to read some of those. We have some wonderful contributors this year. I also want to remind you of one other thing, a price jump that's coming at the end of this month, July 31st. You have to register by the end of the day, July 31st, and we are running out of space for our annual conference in person this year. And so I want to make sure that you have opportunities, opportunity, go ahead. If you've been procrastinating, click that button on our webpage, go to events, find our annual conference, Living and Active, October 2 through 4, 2023 at Grace Baptist Church in Santa Clarita, California. We want to see you there, but we're running out of space. So make sure if you've been waiting, now's the time. Do that before our price jump on July 31st. To find out more information about that conference and the other things that I've mentioned, go to biblicalcounseling.com.